You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. Fantastic. Been an incredible series uh, that we're in the middle of right now. And uh, we, we're going to make our way this morning to John uh, 21. And we're just going to have a couple of stops on the way. Some stuff I want to share right there. But uh, just felt a real sense of the weightiness of the Holy Spirit this morning and a tenderness about God. And uh, I'm glad that Matt asked us to put our hand on our heart. Because really sense that all that we do and ever hope to become has to do with the Holy Spirit. And uh, without him, we, 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 uh, we, we just don't want to do church. And uh, we want to be very focused on that. The church that Jesus is building. Before, uh, about four years before handing over the church that we led in Sydney, uh, we were going through a really tough time, really difficult time. And I uh, kind of lost my way a little bit. And uh, God is in sense of humour, sent a beautiful prophet who passed away this week, Mike Hanchett. And uh, he's sitting in our living room. And the last thing you feel like doing is having people in your home when you're grumpy and angry and you just want to call it quits and go away. Uh, and uh, yeah, I kind of lost my way a little bit just because of disappointment. And I remember him saying, and it just came to my memory uh, in the middle of last night, he said, Paul, God wants you to go back to your first love, to your first love. He wants you to rekindle because everything that we do comes from there. So that's what I'm preaching on today. The church that Jesus is building is a church of agape love. Uh, in the last few weeks, we've been blessed with a smorgasbord uh, of incredible uh, sermons. And, uh, you know, uh, every time you hear a sermon, you may not recall them, but it's adding to your spiritual growth. Can I say that? And today, uh, simply, that's, I believe, what the Holy Spirit wants to do in us. He wants us to come to a place of understanding God's perfect love. Uh, in this series, we've been looking at, at... I'm going loud all of a sudden. Thank you. Can I come down a little bit? The church that Jesus is building exists for His glory. It's a place for all generations. The church that Jesus is building is to know him and to make him known. It's a church where we are discipled and we are discipling other people. The church that Jesus is building is a prophetic people. It's a people of praise. It's an unstoppable church. It's a place of encouragement. It's a place where healthy relationships are built. It's a house of prayer. It's an apostolic church, ascending church. And last week, Matt preached that we are called to be a generous people. The church that Jesus is building are generous in every aspect. It's not just about our money, but it's about our heart. And so today I want to look at this lovely little word, agape. The word agape comes in the Bible 115 times. And we know that when something comes that often, it's on the agenda of God the Father. And I really believe prophetically, and I shared this at a conference that Moni and I spoke recently, I believe that God's bringing a real agape love revival in the nation of Australia. The Bible talks about four types of love. Agape is one of them. And agape simply means the unconditional love of God. It's the purest form of love that we find in the Bible. And in fact, the, the literal translation means a, a, a mouth wide open in awe 
just open, you know, when you see something for the first time, when we have an encounter with the, with the genuine agape of God, it captivates our heart. And I believe that God this morning wants to again captivate our hearts. There are two people out for your heart. There's a battlefield going on. The devil wants your heart. He'll put anything, you'll do anything, you'll confuse you. He'll put all kind of ideas in your head because really what he's after is your heart. And on the other side is King Jesus who died for your heart. If you are a parent, I wanna encourage you every day to do battle for the heart of your children. Pray for them, intercede for them because everything is trying to captivate the heart of our children and of the adults. Agape love, purest form of love. There's filio love. It's love between two mates, two friends. There's eros love, where we get the word erotic. But it's the word about sexual intimacy uh, between a married couple, husband and wife. Husband and wife, to the exclusion of all others. God forbid that there is any erotic, illicit love in the church. And there is. And then we have storge love. It's the love of family in parents. Psalm 86, and we're coming to John 21, but Psalm 86, 11 says this, give me an undivided heart. Give me an undivided heart. When I went through the tough times there in ministry, my heart was divided. I, I want to be honest, I was leading the church. I wanted to get out of there as fast as possible. And I had to come back once again to my first love. In the journey with Jesus and the Holy Spirit is the one that helps us. We are always having to come back to our first love. I want to ask you a question this morning. How is your heart? How is our hearts? Because I believe that we are going to see this kind of love revival in Australia, but it starts with my heart. It starts with my heart to say before God, give me an undivided heart. In Revelation chapter two, to the church of Ephesus, they were doing everything right, everything right. They were giving to the poor. They were preaching the right sermons. They had the right smoke machines, the right PowerPoint, the right mechanisms to do church. And Jesus says to them, this I hold against you. Now, I want to say to you, scary words. You never, ever want to hear the God of the universe say to you, I hold this against you. You do everything right, but you've lost your first love. Paul the Apostle, in 1 Corinthians 13, there are probably um, three or four really well-known scriptures. Psalm 23 is one of them. John 3.16 is one of them. And then 1 Corinthians 13. And if you've used this in your wedding, bless you. But in its uh, context, 
1 Corinthians 13 is squeezed between the gifts of the Spirit and Paul teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. It's about understanding what true agape loves is in the context of doing church as a relationship together. But you can use it in your marriage, in your wedding. Corinthians 13. Now, uh, why is this important that we're understanding language? Because if you uh, read 1 Corinthians 13 and then John 21 using an interlinear, forget about what it really means. It simply helps us understand how it was written in the original. In the original, the word love here in 1 Corinthians 13 is the purest form of love. It's agapeo love. That's the purest, uncompromised, untainted love. So I'm going to substitute the word love for agapeo. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not agapeo, I am a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers, ouch, and understand all the mysteries and all the knowledge and have all the faith, so to remove mountains, but if I don't have agapeo, are you ready for this? I am nothing. It doesn't mean I don't have identity. I have nothing to offer. If I prophesy, I have all the gifts of the Spirit and I'm shunderbubbering everywhere. But if I'm not filled with that love of God, I'm giving rubbish. I'm actually says I am nothing. Scary thought. If I give away all that I have to the poor and deliver up my body to be burned, but I do not have agape, I gain nothing. Do you understand the seriousness of what a true agape love revival? Marriages break up. People have affairs. People do all kinds of things because we move away from the holiness of our first love with the Holy Spirit. God is calling you and I back to that love affair with the person of the Holy Spirit. It is He who enables in us to renew that first love again. The person of the Holy Spirit. Agape is patient. Agape is kind. Agape does not envy or boast. How are you going with this this morning? Agape is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. All will go away, but only agape will remain. Agape, love. First love. The enemy trying to steal your heart. The church that Jesus is building is built on a platform, a good solid foundation of all these things we've been talking about. But I really sense if we don't get this right, all the other ones won't make sense. How is your heart today? How is your offensonometer? How is your negativity onometer? How is your eros love? We've got to talk about this because he's coming back for a pure and spotless bride. We, we all want revival. I don't know about you. I'm busting for revival. But there's a weightiness right now. 
There's a weightiness in the spirit. You can never be generous if you don't know how to love. You'll never be apostolic and go if you don't have love. You'll never be prophetic if you don't understand love. Can you understand how important God places on purity of love? Now, I get busted on this all the time. My heart gets tested all the time. And sure enough, I'm sure that after I preach this, I'll get tested on some things will come and offend me. Some things will annoy me. How will I respond? He calls us in Hebrews to move from the the basics to become mature in the Lord. Revival is about a pure and spotless bride who say, God, have my heart. Remember the old Hillsong song, Lord, I give you my heart. Have your way in me. This is my desire. Some of you may be considering to have an affair. Stop it. Some of you are considering suicide. Stop it. Come back. Come back to Jesus. Some of you are really offended in this room this morning. Stop it. It's not worth it. Been there. The enemy wins with your offenses, not God. John 21, please. So to understand John 21, I want to just give us just briefly a little bit of context of what's happening as we get to John 21. It's a discourse that Jesus has over breakfast with Peter. Peter features a lot in the New Testament. And in John 18, Jesus gets arrested and all the disciples are around Jesus. They're with him. And this woman comes up to, to Peter and says, weren't you with Jesus? No, not me. I don't know him. Three times during the arrest of Jesus and the the crucifixion of Jesus, Peter denies Jesus three times. It is significant because when we come and look at this wonderful scripture in John 21, we'll see that Jesus asks Peter three times, do you agapeo me? Do you agapeo me? Three times, this pillar of the faith. Remember that in Matthew 16, Jesus says, and on this rock, I will build my church. He's making an example of Peter because as one of our forefathers, as one of the fathers of the faith of building the church, he wants Peter to get this thing about agape love right in the first place. Because if we are not leading from that place of agape love, and agape love is tough. Agape love corrects. Agape love pulls people up, never embarrasses people. Every Sunday, the prophetic and people, it's because God is calling us to be a people set aside for Him, set apart, because He loves you. He loves me, but He's after your heart because He knows that Lucifer is after your heart as well. Choose today, whom will I worship, Lucifer or King Jesus? John 21. Not Luke 21, John 21. Verse 15. Jesus now has come back to life, has risen, and he appears to his disciples, and he chooses to have breakfast with them. There's something beautiful about sharing a meal together breakfast. 
When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, which incidentally, if you read in Matthew 16, is Bar Jonah, which means son of the dove. Son of the dove. Simon, son of the dove, do you agapeo me more than these? He said to him. And Peter replied, you know that I filio you. Please pay attention. Jesus says to him, do you agapeo me? And Peter says, I brotherly love you. That's why we need to read the Word of God carefully. Because we need to pick up these little nuances. And he said to them, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time. Jesus said something to you again. Pay attention. Simon, son of John, do you agapeo me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I filio you for the second time. He said to him, tend my sheep. And then Jesus said to him a third time, a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, Bar Jonah, do you agapeo me? Now Peter is worried. Now Peter knows I've missed something. He remembers that he denied him three times and now Jesus is asking him three times. Can you see the parallel? Jesus says to him three times, do you unconditionally love me? He's just forgiven him for betraying him three times. He's about to release him and commission him. Aren't you glad that Jesus is a God of second and third and fourth and fifth? But don't take Jesus for granted. Don't you dare play around with the holiness of the Holy Spirit. He chastises those that he loves. He didn't want filio love from Peter. He doesn't want your filio love. He wants our agapeo love. He wants my unconditional love. And Peter, I want you to watch this scene. They're having breakfast. You can smell the bacon. If you're vegetarian, I pray for you. No, sorry, bad joke. I just got tense for a minute. I just had to be. Bacon and eggs, tomatoes, mushrooms for my Monica, a good brew of coffee from little by little. And it's Jesus and Peter. I want you to see the proximity because we don't do life from, from, from the pulpit down here. We do life together. We encourage each other up. The church that Jesus is building is about encouraging up. See, because before you have the great commission, we have the great commandment. We can go on the streets of Dandelion, but if you go just to tick a box, please don't come. But if you come with the great commandment to love the Lord your God with all of your heart and mind and spirit, and then to love your neighbor, watch revival in the streets. Watch these broken, often smelly people come and hug you. And then you smell like them. It's the smell of Jesus. It's the smell of Jesus. You bring in the fragrance of heaven into the, into the streets. Next Sunday, come. Come and just be the hands of Jesus. And so we hear, we see here, Peter gets this revelation at the end. He doesn't want my filio love. Jesus is not interested in part-time lovers. 
He doesn't want part-time lovers. He wants your heart. He wants all of it. And he's inviting you and I today to come and repent. Repent. Stop it. Turn around. Stop what you're doing. Say no to the enemy. Don't give him your virginity. Don't give him your sexuality. Don't give him your money. Don't give him your thoughts. Don't give me whatever. Give it to Jesus. The devil didn't die for you. Jesus did. The voices out there and making you think and rethink. And, and, and I know what Paul means in Galatians 2, who has bewitched you. I know what he's talking in the context of grace and law and all that. But I want to say, don't get bewitched. Don't get bewitched. Romans 12, renew your mind. Don't conform anymore to the patterns of this world. But present your bodies as a living sacrifice. That's agapeo, worship. The church that Jesus is building is a church of agapeo love. It's a church that forgives quickly, doesn't hold offenses. I'm learning some stuff right now, and I'm 58, 59 soon, that I thought I, I, I settled. And once again, I'm back at school. Got offended by that, got hurt by that, couldn't do this, wasn't allowed to do this. Bring it back to Jesus. Bring it back to Jesus, because otherwise I'm going to give the enemy bait and oxygen, and I'm not going to do that. I settle in my heart, as for me and my house, we will worship the Lord. How are you going this morning? How's your heart? Anybody need mouth to mouth? Not from me. From the Holy Spirit. Anybody need a jump start? From the Holy Spirit. Anybody need to repent today? Because you've prostituted your heart away. Provocative language, isn't it? So why make an example of Peter here and say three times? It's because he wanted that the father of the church like Peter to get it right. He wants us as leaders to get it right. He wants us this morning to get it right. We don't come here to be spectators. We come to play the game, to enjoy Jesus and to say, I give you my heart. He knows it's not from here, it's from here. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth shall speak. Why was it so important that Jesus singled Peter out? And I love this. He not only forgave him, but commissioned him. The one who betrayed him three times. He uses the people that you and I would reject. Jesus says, I'm going to use you, but first give me your heart. It would have been easy for Jesus to say, well, stuff you, Peter, the rock, impetuous Peter. You walked on water. Good for you. Took your eyes off me. What happened? He sunk. When my heart is away from Jesus, we sink in the pit of hell. Morning. Why was this important? Number one, because God is agapeo love. 1 John 4, 8 who who does not love does not know God, for God is love. If you look at the interlinear there, please do it. It says, Theo en agapeo. God is love. You are not love. 
Your money is not love. Sexual promiscuity is not love. Bitcoin is not love. Your house is not love. Your pride is not love. God is love. The church that Jesus built is on Jesus who is love. And that's why he says, come back to your first love. We've got to come back all the time. We are people on a pilgrimage. We need to stop and come back and say, Lord, how's my heart? How's my heart? How's my heart? Careful. If you ask God a question, he'll give you an answer. And often it's not the answer you want to hear. Number one, it was so important for Peter to learn the lesson because God is saying, I am love. Number two, because he loves us with agapeo love. He says we can love because he first loved us. 1 John 4, 19. The only way I can love is because he loves me. You can love people with eros love, philios love, and ergo love. But he wants you to love one another with agape love. Agape love. Why do you think he put two or three hundred people in a group together and he calls it Melbourne Lights? So we grow in agape love. Because it's not easy. People tick you off and offend you. Matt comes here and he'll preach and he'll say some stuff. He goes, oh, I didn't like that preach. No, he did it because he loves you. Because he says, I'm not going to leave you as infants. I want you to grow into maturity as sons and daughters. But we love because he first loved us. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. I can't love anybody. I don't like everybody. But when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, when you're walking so close to the Holy Spirit, he gives you love for people that you thought was impossible. The church that Jesus is building is a church where the unsaved look at agape or love and says, I want what they have. You know, it's, it's better not what people are saved out of, but what they are saved into, Dudley used to tell us. I want to say that you come in an environment like this one where we genuinely love, and it's tough love. You might not always like it, but people will go, I want that. And we're seeing more and more salvations here, not because of what we're doing, but because of what Jesus is doing. We just show up and rock up and say sorry and repent again. There's probably not a Sunday that I don't come here and repent for something. I'm just being honest. I generally have to repent of something every Sunday. Last Sunday when Matt said, oh, this is not for everyone, this is also for the leaders to come forward, I was here. And I gave a prophetic word. And then the Lord says, now you go and repent after you give the prophetic word. True story, I was there, right there, weeping. Thirdly, he demands that we love him and others with unconditional love. 2 Corinthians 5.14, for Christ's love compels us compels us, compels us. When's the last time you were compelled by the love of God? Not your selfish ambitions or your pride and your prejudice. Me, myself and I. You want good parenting? Put him first. You want a good marriage? Put him first. You want great sexual intimacy in your marriage? Put him first. You want some money in your pocket? Put him first. Put him first. If God never gave you one more thing, would you still love him? If God never gave you the very thing you want, would he still be worthy of all of your affection? 
I left Lighthouse Church with a lot of unfulfilled stuff. But one of the last things that God says, can you let it go? Because I am enough. I cannot think of any unfulfilled things back at Lighthouse Church because God has given back to me a hundredfold. But I'll tell you, he'll test your heart. He'll test your ambitions. He'll, he'll test your priorities. Because the church that Jesus is building is full of agapeo love. God is looking for a people that will love him unconditionally. Too many in his church, too many leaders revert back from agapeo love to other forms of love simply because they are disappointed with God. When we stop loving him with agapeo love, we start looking for other forms of love. We start self-medicating. We self-medicate with booze, porn, arrogance, pride. We succumb to sin. We harden our hearts. We see only the pain, but no longer the privilege. When we minister without agape love, we've lost our way. And Jesus wants to invite you back today. Would you stand with me? Bless you. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.